dating is hard, isn't it? Many of you all have those ex- expectations of what a first date or what a date should look like, and then all of a sudden you get the reality. So this morning we're going to continue the series on Song of Solomon. If you have your Bibles, turn to Song of Solomon chapter 1, and we'll finish up chapter 1 and get into chapter 2 a little bit today. The purpose of dating is to learn more about a person in a purposeful, respectful, no-strings-attached friendship that guards the hearts of both people. Let me say that again. The purpose of dating is to learn more about a person in a purposeful, respectful, no-strings-attached friendship that guards the hearts of both people. Because when you're in a true, healthy dating relationship, you get to, to learn about the other person's beliefs. You get to learn about how they think, what, they, what their thought processes are. You get to learn about their goals. You get to learn about their dreams. You get to learn about their good habits and their bad habits, the annoying habits. You get to see who their character is, and because character counts. We've talked about that a lot. Character counts. So this morning, we're going to learn about Dr. Chris's advice on dating, and it's got to be better than Dr. Phil's, right? So everywhere I went this week, I don't know what it was up with Second Baptist people, but everywhere I went, everybody introduced me as Dr. Chris, and quit it right now, okay? It's just Chris. Everybody's like, oh, and then they go on this whole big deal. I, it's Chris. Forget about it. All right, so Dr. Chris's advice on dating. Have your Bible, Song of Solomon, chapter 1. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, starting in verse 7. We kind of ended there, but I want us to, to pick back up in verse 7. The first thing that I want you to see here that Song of Solomon is talking about, what Song Solomon is talking about in dating, the very first piece of advice is take your time. Take your time. You're not desperate. You're not in a rush. You're dating. You're trying to figure out who this person is. So take your time. Verse 7 and 8. Tell me, my love, where you are leading your flock today. Where will you rest your sheep at noon? For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? In other words, listen, I'm not desperate. My character, my values, everything about who I am really matters. And so I'm not going to just bounce around looking for someone. You're the one I have my eyes on. And we're in this kind of beginnings of a relationship, but I'm going to take my time getting to know you. And so what does he say? It says in verse, uh, verse 8, If you don't know, O most beautiful woman, follow the trail of my flock and graze your young goats by the shepherd's tents. In other words, what he's saying to her is, listen, just come hang out with me and the guys. This is some of the advice that I want to give you in taking your time is that whenever you're beginning this dating relationship, guys and girls, is go hang out with their family and get to know them a little bit. So when they cook together, when they clean together, when they go grocery shop and do regular, I know that doesn't sound very romantic, okay? But when you begin to start to hang out with their family, you get to see mom and dad and how they interact with one another. You're getting a mirror image. You're going to see how they're going to treat you. And so if you don't, like you like this guy, but then you see how the dad is treating mom, you're going to go, hey, whoa, I don't want to be treated that way. Listen, he's going to mirror that image. So hang out with them. Go eat with them. Cook, clean. Go grocery shop and do normal stuff. Number one, it doesn't cost you a whole lot because they're paying for it. But you're able to hang out and get to know that person. Take your time developing a friendship. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 talks about hanging out with your friends, getting to know them. And as you're out on a group date, kind of getting together, because 1 Corinthians 15:33 says, listen, when you hang out with people of bad character, it's going to show who you are. So if you want to get to know who that person is, if you want to know who that guy or girl is, go hang out with their family, kind of see how they do life, but then also go hang out with their friends for a night, and you can see who their friends are. That will tell you their character, a little bit about 
who they are. So many times when we talk about dating and this whole idea, your friends will give you advice of, hey, just follow your heart. Follow your heart. If it feels good, follow your heart. Well, listen, if you've done life long enough, you know if you follow your heart, you're going to follow your heart into some really painful places. Jeremiah tells us that if we follow our heart, then we're deceiving ourselves because our very heart is deceitful. It tells us a truth, just enough of a truth to make us think that it's a morsel of truth, and it turns it on us, and then we end up in these really bad places. Don't follow your heart. Character counts. Take your time. Develop relationship. Develop a friendship. Hang out with the family. Cook some meals. If you know, hey, if you think, hey, I want my wife to be able to cook, and you taste mom, potential mom-in-law's cooking, and it ain't good, guess what? The daughter's cooking is probably not going to be good. You need to make a lot of money, and you're going to need to go. You're going to be going to Pockets and going to Las Fuentes and all that place, okay? So you've got to figure out, I've got to have a budget for the gym, and I've got to have a budget for going to restaurants. So you've got to, hey, I'm going to be a teacher, and now I can't be a teacher, and now I've got to be a lawyer if I'm going to get this girl. So you've got to figure those things out. Take your time. Develop those relationships. Look at verse 9. So here we move from that of taking your time. The second thing that I want you to see is, when you begin this dating relationship, the second piece of advice, not just taking your time, but in this time together, you begin to develop a sense of respect. Respect for the person that you're dating, this respect for the person that you're talking to, but also they show respect for you, and they should be building up respect for yourself. That you, If you truly respect yourself and have God confidence in who you are and who he's created you to be, there's going to be a respect that's built up over time. Here's one of my favorite verses in all of Song of Solomon. Verse 9, you are exciting, my darling, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. Guys, you need to write this down and put that on the board and tell your, your significant other this. Hey, you are like a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. What he's saying to her is this, you are extremely appealing to me. One, you're beautiful. There's that physical attraction, but also your character is appealing. Pharaoh's stallions were white stallions, and so whenever they were coming in, you could notice them for miles. You could see them coming over, and they would know, hey, Pharaoh is coming. And so everyone began to make preparations for the Pharaoh to come, for the king to come, because those Pharaohs are coming. One of the times history tells us that that one guy was smart in war, and he sent a mare, a good-looking mare, out in the middle of the stallions to distract the stallions. So what he is saying here is, listen, you are extremely beautiful, but your character is such that you can run among the stallions and you will not be distracted by them. Your eyes are only for me. That's a pretty good image, isn't it? For us, that we're not distracted by all that other stuff, the eye candy around, whatever we're more about looking at and taking in the character of the person. Yes, physical attraction is important, but character counts even more. You are one in a million. You are highly prized. You are highly valued. And the, the respect that someone has, because listen, ladies, if your guy cannot allow you to go out with your friends or with other friends without like checking in on you, then that means they don't respect you as a mayor among a thousand stallions. Okay? That you should be able to go out and to have your own life, because listen, you're not married. You have your own agenda. You're, you're independent. And so whenever someone begins to control you in a marriage, in a, before a marriage relationship, back away. Take your time because you should be building up respect with one another, trusting one another, saying that I trust who this person is, that you are one in a million. And guess what? Here's what she says following this. Well, he kind of describes her a little bit more about her beauty. How lovely are your cheeks? Your earrings set them afire. How lovely is your neck? Enhanced by a string of jewels. 
We will make for you earrings of gold and beads of silver. So he says, listen, I respect your character, but also, man, when God made you, he did good. All right? And you want that as ladies. Man, we want to be physically appealing to the one across from us. Here's what the young woman says in her response. The king is lying on his couch. And imagine just with me for a moment, she's kind of daydreaming. The king is lying on his couch, and the king is her man, enchanted by the fragrance of my perfume. Now, in those days, they would, have a, they would have a pouch, and in that pouch, they would put together different different scents, and they would create their own unique scent. And so what she is saying, listen, he understands and he knows my identity. When I'm daydreaming here and I'm thinking about the king, he's enchanted by my identity. He's enchanted by my, by my fragrance. When I walk by, he's not only appealed by how good I'm looking, how the character, but he's also like, man, oh, wow, I like that scent. He's drawn in by that. My lover is like a sachet of myrrh, and myrrh was an extremely expensive resin. And so she's got this scent going on, this resin, and it's laying here in between her, and she's, she's thinking about her, her lover. My lover is like a sachet of myrrh lying between my breasts. He's like a bouquet of sweet henna blossoms from the vineyards of Engedi, and the Sweet henna blossoms were these bright yellow flowers, and and Gedi was this well-protected cove, and and, um, so they're all the way around. There were walls, and so there was a cove just on the outside of that. People tried to climb in from the cove into the walls to gather these special flowers. They were beautiful. They were so well-fed and so well-protected that they were just blossomed everywhere. And so she's saying, he's saying, listen, everything about you draws me to you. When I daydream and I think about you as the respect in our relationship grows, I literally lay there on the couch dreaming about you, that you are drawn to me of the character of who I am and the beauty of who I am and that I'm appealing to you, not just physically, but my character, and that makes me excited about getting to know you because there's no pressure in this relationship. I can go and I can be with my friends. I can go do the things that I need to do to be myself and continue to grow as a person. But as we're spending more and more time together, as I'm getting to know the character of who you are, there's stuff about me that begins to daydream and think about, I want to spend the rest of my life with a person like this. I want to lay together with a person like this. They're beginning to think those things, but still yet they haven't passed that physical intimacy barrier. I lay here dreaming about you because you respect me. The advice of taking your time and respecting one another. The third thing that I want you to see of advice about dating in verses 15 and following is that there's no strings attached. There's still no strings attached. They've been hanging out together. They've been doing life together just a little bit, but there's still no strings attached. The moment that we pass that physical thing that we hold hands and we kiss, there's something that happens in that moment, especially in kissing, one of the most intimate things that we can do, strings automatically become attached to that relationship. When those strings are attached, it changes everything. It changes the lens through which we see things. It changes the heart and everything that happens. So they're still saying, no, we're not crossing that barrier. We're doing life together and we're learning about one another. No strings attached. Verse 15, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful you are. Your eyes are like doves. He's talking about, listen, some of you that are older, you've seen that wonderful National Geographic picture of the Afghani young girl and her eyes and how they stood out. And that's this image of, listen, your eyes are pure and they are drawn to you, that there's there's character in those eyes. Verse 16, you are so handsome, my love, pleasing beyond words. The soft grass is our bed, fragrant seated branches 
are the beams of our house. They're out in public. They're dating and they're hanging out, and this is a moment where they're, they're kind of together, but they're not out in a house alone. They're not in a room alone. They're out in front of everybody. They're out in the middle of a park, and everybody's running around, and they're out in the grass just kind of having lunch together, and again, just enjoying each other's company, getting to know each other. Group dating and public dating is where we need to be. The soft grass is our bed. Fragrant seeded cedar branches are the beams of our house. The pleasant smelling firs are the rafters. Listen, as we begin to kind of continue to move on in these dates and you're kind of hanging out to continue the idea of group dating in public places. In Romans chapter 13 through 14, it, it talks about this idea of, again, us. We need to be hanging out with people that are good because there's evil that resides within our hearts. And 2 Timothy 2.22 says literally, run away from opportunities to imbibe the flesh, opportunities to be enticed by the flesh, that, that we know what our weaknesses are. And in those moments of our weaknesses to say stop and to move back. So one of the things that I've talked to students and young adults for years now is asking them, what is your intentional plan to avoid the inevitable opportunities to make mistakes in your dating relationship? So even Runks talked about it a few weeks ago, that if this is the line and you hang out and live right here at the line, that there's going to be a moment where you're going to trip and you're going to fall over it and you're going to be in the mess and you're going to wonder, how did I get here? When in reality, that whole time that you stood right here, you were just waiting to fall over to see what would happen. But for us as adults, but also as for young adults, as you're thinking about this whole dating thing, if this is the line of saying, hey, listen, I've, I'm going on a date, and, and I know that as a young person on this date, I, I know kind of where my boundaries are and where I don't want to go and where I don't want to be. And so, listen, no park after dark. There's no movies. There's no none of this stuff. I only hang out in groups. And then all of a sudden, you wake up, and you're walking. The two of you are walking hand in hand down somewhere, and it's just the two of you. All of a sudden, all those red flags go off because these are your boundaries. So this is the falling off point. So you need to begin to set your own personal boundaries way back here. Say, listen, not only am I not, I'm never going to go to a movie with someone of the opposite sex. Never. Even in a group. Why? Because I know that I might mess up. Okay? If I'm going to go to the movies, I'm just going to go with my girlfriends. Whatever those things are, you know yourself, and so you have to set up those boundaries for yourself because you know where you're weakest. You know where you're going to make mistakes. You know where you daydream and what you think about and the opportunities that you've had before. Listen, be intentional about your relationships so that you can take time, build respect, and have a no-strings-attached friendship with boys and girls, with young men and young women. Because that moment that we pass that line, there's something that spiritual happens. And that moment of that first kiss, listen, something magical happens. There's literally through Scripture, it talks about the mingling of our souls. We're the one creature that expresses our intimate feelings for someone else through kissing. And so in that moment of kissing, literally in Scripture, it talks about there are two souls that mingle together and strings are attached. So you're 12, 13, 15, 16, 19, and those souls are mingling together, then stuff is going to get confusing. Because we're still trying to figure a lot of stuff out. Harry and Henrietta Hormone are working overtime. And if they get connected here, then we're trying to figure this stuff out. I don't even know fully who I am. I don't even know what I want to be. But all of a sudden, I've got some strings attached to someone. And they're telling me this is their dreams. These are their goals, their ideas. Well, it's easy for me to lose my identity in that person. And all of a sudden, I'm following their dreams, their goals, their ideas of where they want to go. And I lose myself 
in that moment. Because we're afraid to say no because we've mingled souls together and all of a sudden our identity becomes a part of them. It's that idea of one flesh. And whenever some of you, whenever you were married and you stood at the altar, you took those candles, your family took those candles and they put those two candles here and then you lit a unity candle. The two become one. You become indistinguishable. Whenever you look at the flames, you can't tell where one flame started and the difference between the two flames. One of the things that I've done a lot recently in weddings is we do a salt covenant. And you take each family takes salt and salt, you pour that salt into one thing and you, the idea is that you can take your salt from my salt if you can find out exactly which ones are your salt granules. Well, that's an impossibility. You can't pick out Chris's granules of salt from Becky's granules of salt. Listen, we've made a covenant. We've made a contract together to do life. And that's the covenant that God has made with us. There's those moments where we want to back out in our covenant relationship with God. There's those moments where we're saying, God, this, this agreement with you, I didn't fully understand it. I want to back out and I want to get out of it. And God said, listen, you can get out of it if you can find your, your granules of salt from me. He says, I'm not even going to look, but if you want to try to find yours, you can look for them. That's the beauty of the covenant relationship that we have with God, but that's also the beauty of the covenant relationship that we have with our husbands and our wives is we've come together and we're unified and it's inseparable. You can't tell the difference between the one because there's the mingling of the souls. There's this two that become one. It's the mystery of what it looks like. And that's why Christ says, you are the bride and I am the groom. That's the beauty of what the church is. And so for us here in this moment, students, for young adults, listen, stop at the door of temptation and say, listen, my soul is made for God himself and for the one that he's given for me to do life with. It means that much. Now listen, we live in a culture that has erased that and that we actually have TV shows that the very first thing, the very first thing that they do when they meet is the kiss. And to determine whether that relationship's gonna gonna matter over how well they mingle over that kiss. Listen, it will fail time and time again when we move faster than what God wants us to move. Stop those things. Not the phone, but stop the moving forward in your life. So if you do those things, then good things will begin to happen in your relationship. Look at chapter two. The young woman begins talking. Remember earlier on in chapter 1 that she's kind of she's talking about, hey, I'm beautiful, but, but don't notice how dark I am. Don't notice these certain things about me. I feel beautiful. And so she's kind of struggling with her self-esteem. But if you're in a good, healthy dating relationship, then that guy is going to be raising you up in your self-esteem, that you're going to be kind of puffed up with pride and saying, listen, wherever I, I know that I'm this guy's woman. She, he loves me. He cares about me. And the same is true, that the girl is going to be saying good things about him. And so when he walks into room, he's, his chest is going to be all puffed out. And he's like, hey, I, I'm the man of mans right here. She has no one. Listen, there's, there's a lot of guys that think they're studs, but when my mare walks out, she's only looking at this stud. I'm the only stallion in the room. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. I am the spring crocus blooming on the Sharon plain, the lily of the valley. Now, lilies were extremely rare, so she's saying, listen, I am rare among rare. I'm in this place, it's a, it's a beautiful crescent, it's a beautiful area, but lilies would crop up and they're extremely rare that people look around and they're looking and they're seeing me and the way that he treats me and the way that he cares for me, the great amount of respect that he has for me. Then the young man, he says, listen, you are like a lily among thistles. It's my darling among young women. And when he sees her, he sees all these other 
young opportunity says, listen, I have eyes only for you because of the character that I've seen. I've been hanging out with your family. I see your mom and dad, and I see how they treat each other, the respect that they have. I see how they do life. I've seen how you choose to go out with your friends, and I've hung out with your friends a little bit, and I love these ladies. I love these young women, and if those are all these young women are just like you, then I, I, I want you, and I have eyes only for you. And the relationship continues to build over time, that there's this, this place where they can develop communication. Now, I do a lot of marriage counseling, and the number one thing that I sit down with every single couple the number one thing that we talk about is communication, right? If any of you have been in a relationship, where's the one place we struggle the most? Okay, none of anybody in this room struggles with it, all right? If you struggle with this problem, tell me, do you struggle with communication? Okay, then we struggle with other things too, right? But the foundation of the relationship is here in communication. If we're not communicating well, then it impacts other places, right? finances, all these other things. But at the beginning place, if we're not communicating well, there's one of the reasons we're not communicating well, a lot of times it's because of trust. And that trust and communication go hand in hand. They develop trust together, and so their communication is growing. The first thing that happens whenever you begin to follow Dr. Chris's advice is you begin to learn how to communicate well with one another, guys and girls. Did you know that girls are going to use 13,000 more words in a day than guys? All the guys are like, yes, all right? Listen, it happens to me every day. I pick up what used to every day when I pick up my kids from school. I pick up my son. Hey, dude, how's the day? Good. And I'm like trying to pull teeth. What's good mean? Good. It's good. Nobody died. I have all my appendages. We're good, right? Daughter gets in the car. How's your day? 30 minutes later. We're walking in the house, and we're still talking, and my son and I, okay, okay, we're done, we're done, we got it. It was a good day, right? And so it happens, 13,000 more words. So ladies, when your man comes home, and you say, hey, how was your day? And he says, good. Guys, what's that mean? Good, right? No problems, all right? Okay? It's true. Young men are learning this. Later, girlfriends will ask him, hey, how are you doing? Good. That's the date. The rest of the date is the girl trying to figure out what the guy is thinking, learning how to communicate. Guys are natural hunters and trophy seekers. Guys are natural hunters and trophy seekers. And it takes time to go hunting, okay? And whenever there's too much time, it takes the fun out of the hunt. Ladies, listen to me. You need to, these guys are hunting and looking for a trophy. It's natural. You need to take your time, slow down. Take the fun out of the hunt so they truly want to know if they know you and care about you and respect you to who you are because character counts. Don't let the hunt too fast. You need to learn how to communicate. The second thing is you need to establish, you establish a safe and encouraging environment. Look at verses 2 through 3. Like the finest apple tree in the orchard, is my lover among the young men. This apple tree, there's, they had to bring them in. They weren't natural to the area, and so naturally it would stand out. And so this is an apple tree was, was an aphrodisiac. Okay, so they're creating this, this natural, um, encouraging, and safe environment. Is my lover among the young men. I sit in the delightful shade and taste his delicious fruit. 
In other words, what she's saying is, listen, we're communicating, we're enjoying each other, but it's also a safe and encouraging environment where we can talk and we can do life and it's a public place and people are going around and we're enjoying the fruits of our relationship. And then um, verse 4, he escorts me to the banquet hall. And it's obvious how much he loves me. And some of your versions will, will say his banner over me is love. And this idea of banner is an old idea that's a, a beautiful one. A banner is, is an ID. So that if you were carrying in a, a banner, it would have your personal one. So if you're someone maybe of the old days and you have your Scottish or Irish or English and you would have your crest, your family crest, and so that's the banner that you would carry and it would identify who you are. But also a banner would be raised whenever a king would come into his... his um, his place, the residence that he was going to be in, they would raise a banner and let people know, hey, the king is present. The king and queen are present. And so he's saying to her, she's saying, listen, everywhere I go, his banner, his identity is with me, the king. He's my king, and he raises his presence, and everyone knows that we're together. And then also in Jewish weddings, they raise a banner over the two couple. It's a banner of spiritual blessing. And so she's saying, listen, as we're doing this relationship right, not only is are we growing together? We're being respectful. We're developing time. We're developing a great relationship. But there's also a spiritual element to our relationship. So some of the best relationships that you're going to have are ones where begin to, over time, begin to pray together, begin to pray for one another. Don't do it too fast, too quickly, because it will, again, be this, this, almost this idea of mingling of souls, but spending time with one another, that your ID, your banner, his banner has been raised over you. If you cannot tell people, you cannot tell your family who you're going out with and they can't approve it, then you're dating the wrong person. In other words, if you can't go home and say, hey, mom and dad, I'm dating Johnny, I'm dating Susie, and they be excited for you, then you're dating the wrong person. That's what it means by his banner over me, that everywhere I go, man, Johnny and I are in a relationship. We're beginning to talk. We're beginning to think about what it means to date, and we're getting to know one another, and I've gotten to spend enough time with him. I know his character. Man, he's definitely good-looking. I love the smell. Everything about that, but even more than that, I am proud of the fact that I can bring him home or bring her home to mom or dad and say, this is the person, this is the type of person that I am pursuing for potentially dating. Not even talking marriage, but we're talking dating. That if you can't do that, if you can't bring this type of person home and go, hey, this is who they are, listen, let's spend some time together and then go, hey, I don't know if Johnny or Susie is the one, but you're doing a great job of discerning the character of the type of person that you'd be dating. Because listen, again, like I talked about last week, we are encouraging our students and young people to move way too fast from dating into courting. And courting is a whole different step. And you're 12, 13, 14, 15, there's no reason for you to begin to think about who you're marrying. No reason. I'm telling my kids, 30 is a great age. Get through law school, get through whatever you want to be doing, go do those things, and then begin to think about marriage. I know it won't probably be that way, but that's what I'm hoping and praying. Listen, they still haven't even kissed. They still haven't even kissed. There's mystery and intrigue and anticipation, and excitement. It's building around this couple. Look at verse 5. We'll end right here. Because it's about to get serious. She's already been daydreaming about him, right? Strengthen me with raisin cakes. Everybody go to H-E-B and get you some raisin cakes. (laughs) 
an aphrodisiac. She's saying, listen, feed me what I need to eat because this guy is on my mind. He's shown me respect. He's built me up. He's encouraged me. It's a safe place. Man, I can dream of nothing else than being with this guy. Strengthen me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples. Okay? In other words, another aphrodisiac. So those raisin cakes aren't going to be enough. I'm going to love this man so well and so much that I'm going to need apples. Yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. You don't need HBO, my friends. You got Song of Solomon. Here we go. Because when I think of this dude, listen to this, the third part of that verse. For I am weak with love. And that's what I dream for my daughter. Dude, for my son. Is that they develop a powerful friendship with someone. And then one day they wake up and go, you know, I, I really like you. you. You smell better than those other guys. <laughs> You're good to look at. You happen to be good to look at, and then one day they go, man, give me some raisin cakes. <laughs> I need some apples because you make me sick with love. Some of you, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. That moment when you realize that you're in love, and this is, this is probably the person. And then you begin that next phase of that relationship. It doesn't happen shouldn't happen quickly. It takes time. It develops time. But if you do it well, how God honors that, and you get to the point where you're craving raisin cakes and apples because you love, you love what you love what you love that God has brought into your midst. And take your time. You're not desperate. You're not in a hurry. It's on God's timing for you, for this relationship for you. To, to date or to not to date? is the question. Some of you have to ask that question, whether you're 12, 13, 15, 18, 32, 42. Are you ready? Are you ready for what it means to move into a relationship that God has for you? Let's pray together. Father God, it's, it's good to laugh at this. and to, So many in this room have walked a path like this or similar to this or some have wished that they had walked this path or maybe even taken more time. But Father, we, we know that, that you honor the commitments that we make. And so Father, that it's, no matter how we've proceeded, if we're married, Father, that it's marriage is hard work anywhere, every way. And um, even if you've even if you've dated, quote-unquote, correctly, that doesn't guarantee you that marriage is going to be easy. But, Father, it does help eliminate some pains, some potential regrets. Father, that as we do look across the table at our loved one, that we don't have any, any regrets over mistakes in that way. And Father, that you're not surprised by physical intimacy, that you created it for our enjoyment. 
but Father, within the confines of this marriage relationship. So Father, I pray for anyone in this room that that is not in a husband-wife covenant relationship, Father, that if they're in something like that, that they would back away. And that's extremely difficult to do, that once there's mingling of souls, it's, it's difficult, but Father, that they would take your courage to kind of pull back and to say, whoa, on these reins. But Father, there's time. There's time enough for that. And so, Father, I just pray that maybe some that have maybe even have made that mistake and have moved forward in that way, that you would just grant them peace. That you've covered over that. And, Father, that they get a fresh start. And so that today they just make that call and say, hey, listen, let's, let's push, push the pause button and let's restart this or pull away and rethink this. For I know the heart's desire is to bring you glory and honor and to seek what's best for us through you. Father, I pray for young people that are thinking about this whole dating thing and there's so much pressure to date and to hang out and to all the other terminology we won't go into today. But, Father, that so much opportunity to do those things, but to realize that if they just understood, if they could look 10, 15, 20 years down the road, that there's really no benefit. It only brings hurt and pain and shame and regret. But Father, that if they would just listen in this moment to you and be drawn to you that they would be remiss of so much of that so Father I just pray that as we continue on this journey of better understanding what it means to know you and what it better means to have positive healthy relationships that Father that you desire for the home to be a healthy safe environment and that starts and who we pick and who we join our lives with, even in the dating process. And that we can change our heritage, we can change our family's future by being wise in this. Father, may you be honored during this time. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.